You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. French media sites recover from a massive successful DDoS attack. Android adware harvests and reports PII. Microsoft's quick patching of zero days includes three that are being exploited in the wild by state and criminal actors. Advice on Mother's Day gift cards and some news about skids and harassing phone calls. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, May 11th, 2017. Sodexis, a Paris-based provider of cloud and network services that operates internationally, was taken offline by a large distributed denial-of-service attack yesterday. Many media companies are Sodexis customers, and the hardest hit in the incident were French media outlets, including Le Mans and Figaro. Services have been restored, investigation is in progress, but the source of the attacks is, for now at least, unknown. Sophos describes Android Xavierad, an adware library recently found infesting Google's Play Store. The adware strain is particularly objectionable in that it improperly collects personal information after users have specifically declined to provide their data to the ads Xavierad serves up. The app introduces itself with a high-minded privacy policy that disclaims any collection of personal information, but of course that's exactly what it goes on to do, sending the data off to its controllers. It's noteworthy that the adware employs a variety of evasive techniques, including sandbox detection. Microsoft is getting some good reviews for its quick patching of zero days. That's good, because of course those vulnerabilities have been swiftly exploited in the wild. ESET and FireEye report on the use in the wild of three zero days Microsoft patched this Tuesday. They say the zero days were all exploited by the Russian cyber espionage group Turla, also known as Krypton, Snake, Ouroboros, Waterbug, or Venomous Bear, presumably from the same litter as Sisters Cozy and Fancy. Some of the flaws were also exploited by some financially motivated gangs in Russia, perhaps another instance of the familiar interpenetration of security services and the underworld. Just how at risk is your company's data? According to security platform vendor Veronis, perhaps more than you think. They recently released the 2017 Veronis Data Risk Report. Ken Spinner is their VP of Global Field Engineering. What we found after doing the assessments that we've been doing for our customers for the last two to three years is we found that there was interesting information contained within the assessments. And uh, what we decided to do is we decided to mine the data that we were collecting from all the different customers that we were performing these assessments for. And the reason we did that was we felt there was value in combining this information, extrapolating it out, and providing the information back to the industry so that people within the security industry and the IT industry could get a better understanding of what the issues were in terms of protecting data. 
And um, what we found, you know, in terms of results is that people are using this information to go back to boards and to go back to financial people and say, here's quantified risk, and these are the things that we need to do about it. So take me through some of the key findings in the report. The data that we collected came from a number of different organizations, a number of different countries. I think we, uh, the companies that were represented in here uh, were from somewhere in the neighborhood of around 12 countries, 33 industries, and they had between about 50 and 10,000 employees. And what we found was that roughly 20% of the folders that were analyzed were open to everybody in the company. And what that means is that anytime somebody got access to a corporate network, roughly 20% of their data was potentially exposed to that person who came in there. And that person could be, let's say, anywhere from a senior level executive to somebody who's purely there to visit, let's say, one of their coworkers or one of their colleagues, you know, from a different company. So certainly concerning. And another key data point that we found was that almost half of the assessments that we performed found over a thousand sensitive files that were open to everybody. Once again, what that means is that this data, which could contain proprietary information for the company or sensitive employee information or sensitive medical information, everybody who got access to that network could access that information. And one of the things that uh, the, the report shed light on was risks associated with stale data. Can you uh, explain to me what that means? Sure. Well, in any organization, people have been gathering and collecting data and and creating data and modifying data for years and years and years. And the one thing that really doesn't happen in any organization is people don't really go back and look at the data that they have and figure out which data is actually being used and which data is not being used. And what we found in terms of statistics was that for data that was analyzed over a six-month period, roughly 71% of all folders in the sample were stale. And what that means is that there's a significant opportunity for companies to save money and to reduce risk purely looking at their stale data and reacting to you know these types of statistics. That's Ken Spinner from Veronis. You can find the data risk report on their website. A public service announcement. Sunday is Mother's Day in the U.S., the second biggest holiday minefield in North America. If you've put off gift buying to the last minute, think twice before settling for the lowest common denominator present of them all, the gift card. Not only is it impersonal, unlike the clay candy dish you probably made and gave her when you were in kindergarten, but gift cards have themselves recently become a favorite target of cybercriminals. Automated bots are scanning for cards and scooping up their unused balances, which then can be resold on the dark web. We heard from the Media Trust's Chris Olson, who pointed out this kind of theft not only hurts customers, but the brands that issue gift cards, too. He urges businesses to take a holistic approach to security, privacy, and user experience, and he thinks they can do it. Quote, You can effectively balance revenue objectives and compliance with the company's policies and regulatory requirements. End quote. We'll add this. Flowers are almost always appreciated. And finally, phishing phone calls are one thing. The Microsoft help desk scam is well known to you, our audience. Those scam calls are motivated by the same thing that drives phishing emails, basically credential theft and privilege escalation. But what about calls where the motive is less clear? We've all gotten prank phone calls, and we'll bet that some of your tastes are low enough that, let's be honest here, girls and boys, we're looking mostly at you boys, You've yucked it up over calls advertising books written by the well-known author Ignatz Porterhouse Freely, who 
who usually uses just the initials of his first and middle name, or even inquiries about whether a store has Prince Albert in a can. Right, you better let him out. We endorse none of this and discourage it even when it doesn't rise beyond the nuisance level of a day-before-Halloween ding-dong ditch or a call to Mo Sislak's bar. We are, after all, a family show and members of the security community. But there are other more irritating and even dangerous forms of harassment, and these are no joke at all. Flashpoint describes an apparently motiveless telephone harassment campaign. The skids used PhoneCord, a telephonic bot service. Among the recipients of the prank calls are police organizations, including Britain's NCA and the U.S. FBI, and also pizza chains, who saw that coming, hotels, and ordinary people whose personally identifiable information has been exposed in earlier breaches. Phone cord has been used for both DDoS and swatting. The effect of DDoS is well known, and while the UK's National Crime Authority and the US FBI can cope with it, it's harder if you're Mamma Mia's Chicago-style pies or the do drop in. It can be even scarier if you're just some ordinary citizen whose PII have been swept up and dumped in a breach. And swatting, of course, when the police are called to your house by a prankster who says you've got a gun and are cooking tar heroin, are the scariest of all. It's one more reason for legitimate businesses and government agencies to look to the security of their customer databases. And one more reason to hate operations like Zaberad. We doubt they've got the security of their marks at heart. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me once again is Ben Yellen. He's a senior law and policy analyst at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Ben, welcome back. It's been all over the news that we uh, not too long ago passed the first 100 days in the Trump administration, everything that comes with that. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to look back uh, in terms of cybersecurity. What have we seen in the first 100 days or so with President Trump? So we haven't seen much. Certainly, uh, he hasn't produced the sort of policies that he's promised. Uh, the president, during the campaign and during the transition, promised the American people that he would release an executive order on cybersecurity. And as of 
uh, this recording. He has still not uh, produced that uh, executive order. The one hint we do have about his cybersecurity priorities is that he has requested through his uh, budget director, Mick Mulvaney, additional funding to protect federal networks in his budget proposal. And that's particularly notable because besides the areas of defense and national security, pretty much every other discretionary government function, domestic function, has been targeted for cuts. So if we want sort of an idea of whether the president is prioritizing cyber defenses for for government networks, then I think it's a particularly encouraging sign that he has proposed uh, this funding increase. And in terms of uh, ability to to enact uh, policy, to, to put things in place, is, is it a matter that uh, the president and his staff have simply been busy with other things, with, uh, with health care, with uh, trying to get a budget passed and so forth? Well, I will say uh, that this isn't the only promise that has been broken. If you actually look at uh, in the last in the waning 14 days of the campaign, uh, the president listed his official legislative agenda for the first 100 days. And I don't think he's been able to enact a single one of them. So it's not that cybersecurity in particular has fallen by the wayside. I think through a combination of maybe a, a learning curve and, you know, having to deal with some of his other priorities, a lot of his uh, both legislative and regulatory initiatives have gone on the back burner. Another major problem for him, and this certainly affects cybersecurity as well as all other federal policy, is that he's vastly behind on appointments. Uh, I think compared to you know the two or three previous administrations, he's made 25% of all the confirmable cabinet position appointments. And that means that many of these federal agencies, including the ones that uh, implicate cybersecurity, are drastically understaffed at this point. And the staff that is there, I think, are sort of waiting for some sort of policy direction. That's what an executive order uh, would produce. It would give, you know, some of these career staff members in government agencies like NIST at least some guidance as to what the policy is going to be. But so far, I I think they're sort of uh, as in the dark as we are uh, about what the priorities are. All right. Time will tell. As always, Ben Yellen, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.
listeners. We're always looking for ways to improve the N2K CyberWire network and maintain the intelligence-driven news experience that keeps you in the know on the latest developments in cybersecurity. We've launched our 2024 audience survey and would love for you to take a few minutes to share your feedback. And hey, there's even a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card if you complete the survey. Visit cyberwire.com survey. That's cyberwire.com survey and share your feedback now. 